All right, I just left my house. Phone, wallet, keys, yep. And I'm on my way to meet up with Lexi and Mariano, my fellow podcast co-host. I've asked them to meet me at a place that represents everything I love about River West. Over the next three episodes, we're gonna explore the neighborhood. You're not gonna hear a definitive history of River West or anything like that, but I do have some stories that celebrate what makes this place great, including a heroic, life-saving act of courage in today's episode, so stay tuned. I'm Scotty Lee Myers, and you're listening to my first Chronica for our interseason series here at Speaking Of, a podcast by Milwaukee PBS. All right, let's go. Well, here we are. We are at Woodland Pattern Book Center on Locust and Pierce Streets, just two blocks away from my house. Lexi, Mariano, hello. Welcome to the River West neighborhood. Welcome to Woodland Pattern. What do you think of this place? We're literally sitting within this little book cul-de-sac. It's a dream come true. It's almost overwhelming, the number of books in each section. It's like you don't really know where to begin. It's like a never-ending buffet. Why are we here? This is a cool place, but like, why did you choose this of all the places? Yeah, do you have us doing a book report or something? What's the point of the bookstore? First and foremost, I mean, obviously, just look at this place. It is overflowing with books. It even has one of those rolling library ladders along the back wall. You see it right there? Yeah. Love those things so much. Envy. Fun fact, Woodland Pattern is actually home to the largest collection of haiku in North America and the largest Native American section in Wisconsin. It's got an art gallery. So much happens in this space. But most importantly, and here's the point, Woodland Pattern was part of a core group of organizations led by activists that came out of the 70s and 80s, and they really ushered in an era of the defining spirit of today's River West. I really believe that. It's a little edgy. It's intentionally inclusive. It's diverse. It cultivates creatives. And it's more than just a little quirky. And it's an active community member. It's both shaped River West and been shaped by the neighborhood. And it's also close to some places that I want to take you to. So that's why we are at Woodland Pattern today. So what is first on the itinerary today? Well, today I'm going to tell you the heartwarming story about my neighbor, Ray, and why he carries a photo with him at all times of our other neighbor, John. I also want to touch on some fascinating history of this area and how so much of it is hidden in plain sight. But first... Let's talk boundaries. River West is essentially a rectangle. It goes as far north as Capitol Drive. It stretches as far south as North Avenue, with you know some kind of extended a little bit farther than that. The Milwaukee River is the eastern border, obviously, duh. And the western border is Holton Street. Do either of you know what some folks sometimes refer to Holton Street as? Is it something racist? <laughs> that's where I'm, that's exactly where my mind went. Because I think of like the I think it's the 16th Street Viaduct. Its nickname was it was the fastest way to get from Mexico to Africa because so many um, Latin people would live on the South Side and then obviously the North Side was majority African American. So I'm like, is it one of those kind of things that I'm oh, looking shit. for? Both of you are tracking on where I'm going with this. Some people 
tall Holton Street here in River West. Again, that is our western border. Some people refer to it as Milwaukee's Mason-Dixon line. And so let me explain that a little bit. River West is sort of tucked in this in-between place. It's sandwiched between a much more affluent, predominantly white university neighborhood, which is considered the east side. And then the other part of the sandwich is Harambe, a lower income, predominantly black, higher crime neighborhood, which is considered the north side. So Holton Street, it's long served as sort of this border between River West and Harambe. And it symbolizes for many uh, a line between River West and sort of, quote unquote, the ghetto. So Holton Street here in Milwaukee is considered the Mason-Dixon line where a variety of forces have, over history, have segregated black from white. And it's a little bit ironic because Holton Street is named after Edward Holton. I'm just going to see a show of hands here. Does anyone know who Edward Holton was? No. My hand's down. Edward Holton was a wealthy Milwaukee abolitionist. That's the the street is named after, an abolitionist. He was the city's first sheriff. He was a businessman. He was a bunch of things. Holton's idea to be here was to be a pro-union free state. And they decided to build a formal wagon train to come to Holton. And then there would be more voters to vote for a free state. And that's the beginning. That's the origins of it. That's Boyd Plankington. I found Boyd randomly on Facebook. He's lived in Holton, Kansas for over half a century. That's right, Holton Street and River West and Holton, Kansas are both named after the Milwaukee abolitionist Edward Holton. Boyd and his wife Helen were kind enough to tell me about their town of roughly 3,500 people. And get this, Helen, she's originally from Wisconsin. She was wearing a Green Bay Packers t-shirt during our Skype call and I can still detect a Wisconsin accent. Yeah, I went to Campbellsport High School. I'm from Eden in the country, grew up on a farm. And it gets even crazier because Boyd is a descendant of a super famous Milwaukeean, John Plankington, the meatpacking businessman whose handsome statue can be found at the Grand Avenue Mall, just outside TJ Maxx in the Plankington Arcade. Yeah, the Plankington name, it's all over Milwaukee. Anyways, according to these kind folks, Holton, Kansas sounds pretty nice and relatable. Two coffee shops. I mean, uptown frou-frou coffee shops, not the corner coffee shop. We yeah. Two coffee shops. We did have the largest outdoor swimming pool in uh, northeast Kansas for many, many years. So it was built by the WPA. Well, our biggest employer is probably Johnsonville, as in Johnsonville oh, Brats. Right. Johnsonville brats, no kidding. We have even more things in common than I thought. Anyways, let me just quickly summarize the big lesson here before we move on. So in 1856, Kansas, the territory known as Kansas, not quite a state yet, its status is up in the air. It's a real battleground state. Would it become a free union state or join the Confederacy as a slavery state? And as an abolitionist, Edward Holton financed a bunch of people from Milwaukee to move to Kansas to make sure that it wouldn't become a slave state. Eventually, this caravan of people picked out a plot of land and settled in, and they decided to name the town after the man who sent them on their way. So they named it Holton, Holton, Kansas. 
Alright, this is the part of the episode where you imagine that weird shooting star and the more you know text. But shifting gears now, Lexi, Mariano, let's talk about the kindness of strangers. Alright, I got another question for y'all. What's the nicest thing you've done for a neighbor? Or the nicest thing a neighbor has done for you? Lexi, why don't you start us off? When I was in... I think about third grade, um, we had a fire at my house um, in the middle of the night. I'm in the third grade. I don't know. What do I grab? You know, if the house is on fire, I don't know how bad it is because it was upstairs and my room was on the lower floor. But basically, we go outside. You know, the fire trucks are coming. It's just like chaos. Obviously, people are coming out from their houses to see like kind of what the commotion was. But one of our neighbors, like further down the street, she took me to her house and she was like, okay, it's all okay. Like you'll, you're, you're fine. You're safe. Literally puts me in her daughter's bed. She's like, okay, it's okay. Like you're fine. And I was just like, am I sleeping here? But it was just, you know, it was cold outside. So she was just like, okay, like get the, get the kids out. And eventually my sister had to come like, hey, like actually we all want to be together. But I feel like that was probably like the first time I felt like, oh, wow, like everyone is, you know, looking out for us. Mariano, nicest thing that you've done for a neighbor, a neighbor's done for you. Any stories come to mind? I I don't know if this is what came to mind, but it came to mind as soon as Lexi started speaking. My mom left the milk on. She was boiling milk to make something. And we went to bed. And so the milk burnt out and we were in the first floor of an apartment building and it smoked out the entire building. So, and it smelled awful. I can't even tell, but we were asleep. They almost battered our door down, but like, thankfully we heard it. And as soon as everybody opened their, their bedroom door, cause we heard all the banging on the doors, the smoke filled. And so we had to clear out, open all the windows. So those neighbors probably saved our life for, you know, cause we would have just suffocated to death. But uh, yeah, that's what came to mind with Lexi's story. I don't have a burning building story. Um, Basically, I just want to give a shout out to my upstairs neighbor, Chloe. She watches Patsy. She takes Patsy for walks. Patsy is my golden retriever puppy. Um, She's doing it later today. So thank you, Chloe. You know, I'm really close with my neighbors. I have newish neighbors to the north of me, Jose. Shout out Jose. He's a military vet. He's Puerto Rican. He uh, works security at Podwatomi. And him and his girlfriend are constantly bringing food over the fence to me. In the summer when I'm cutting the grass early, in the, it was like 1030 and it was just sweltering hot out and the sun was just beating down on us. Jose cracked a Corona and handed it to me at like 1030 in the morning. His family also brought me um, pasteles, a traditional Puerto Rican food, similar to a tamale wrapped in banana leaves. Amazing. And my favorite thing about Jose is that on his off days, he, he's working in his yard. And then sort of when the day is over, he sits underneath his, his tent, he blasts Santana, and then he shakes maracas to the music. And it's wonderful. And I sit out there in um, my backyard and I enjoy it with him. So I love my neighbors. Well, I have a story of my River West neighbors looking out for each other and a life was saved. So let's meet Ray. Oh, walking here. John was right down about where the monkey bars are. Ray and I are walking to the spot where he died. It's a sunny Saturday morning and we carry a certain reverence with us as we approach the scene. You're going to think that's crazy, but I do it every time I walk by and I will do it. Ray kisses his fingertips and then touches the white stenciled angel painted on a brown square about the size of a CD case that's nailed to a wooden utility pole. 
just one of those random pieces of gorilla art that just so happens to be stationed at this very spot. That's the plaque I was telling you about. It's an angel praying up. And I never knew that was there until afterwards. So, and it's amazing. I ask him what it's like to be back here. I've been here, but I've never looked at it like this because I never wanted to know the exact spot. And I, I walk it. It took me, it took me a little bit to walk back this way. I'm just grateful for the people that were around and John having no CPR training. He knew what the death gargle was. He turned me over to clear my lungs. He's the River West hero. And River West should be proud he's here. June 13th, 2020. I'll never forget it. Ray was out walking his dog, Notorious. He headed east on Burley towards the river. On his way, he passed John, another friendly face from the neighborhood. He was out walking his dog, Tulip. A few minutes later, Ray's heart failed. He collapsed to the ground. Well, I, I fell out and... You're laying on the ground at this point, right on Burleigh Street. I fell out like Avatar. <laughs> no warning, no nothing. John happened to be the first one on scene. John turned the corner and saw Ray laying on the sidewalk and Notorious on his chest. At first he thought they were playing, but he quickly realized something wasn't right. And that's when he ran over to me. And uh, quite honestly, I'm glad it was him because I don't know if Notorious would have let anybody else near me. Notorious is an absolute tank. He's built like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Well, he's a 82-pound purebred uh, red-nosed pit bull. He's a walking muscle. And, you know, he's pretty intimidating if you don't know him. If you didn't know him, you wouldn't come near him. Especially if I'm laying on the ground and he's laying on top of me. But John and Notorious knew each other. You see, John works at the nearby Blifford's hardware store, and they allow dogs. The employees give treats to each pooch as customers check out. The good treats, too. Ray thinks this is why Notorious allowed John to do chest compressions. I'm telling you, for that man to do what he did, that was a couple weeks after they shut the world down because of COVID. You know, he didn't give a whether it was COVID. He didn't give a about anything. He didn't, he didn't care. I'm sure he cared about himself, but he cared more about me at that particular point in time. How do you describe that type person other than a hero? There were a few more helpers who arrived after that, including another River West resident, Carlin. Lo and behold, she's a cardiac trauma nurse. So she knew exactly what to do, until paramedics arrived. But both her and John got tired of performing CPR on me. And there was this black gentleman who was cruising by with his girlfriend. Don't know his name, don't know anything about him, but he stayed with me, he took over the CPR. Ray says he was clinically dead for over seven minutes. Doctors told him it's a miracle he survived didn't suffer any brain damage or anything. And it's clear that Ray's incredibly grateful to his rescuers, especially for John, who rushed to his side that day. He even keeps a framed picture of his lifesavers near his bed. If it were not for that man, I wouldn't be here. And River West should be proud that there's someone here who 
don't care about his own well-being if he sees a neighbor down. He's jumping in full force, no questions asked. It's a beautiful He's going to do everything he can for you. For a neighbor, would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beautiful Well, that is going to do it for my first Chronica. I'm back next week with my second episode, so make sure to come on back then. In the meantime, to all my neighbors near and far, be well and take care of one another. I'm Scotty Lee Myers, and this is Speaking Of, a podcast by Milwaukee PBS.